Bitcoin provides financial inclusion. It is solving real-world problems for many underbanked people across the globe, people who have limited access to a modern economy and empowering women is another big aspect for me. There are unfortunately still countries where women don't have free access. They are not allowed to open bank accounts without permission of, for example, a family member. And Bitcoin is obviously solving that problem, and I'm personally very happy about that. Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode. Joining me today is Elena Tornoyan. She is the Chief Operating Officer at Local Bitcoins, the peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin exchange that was founded as early as in 2012. We are looking into the history of Local Bitcoins, its growth and optimistic outlook for the years to come. You will also learn about the values and use cases of Bitcoin that Elena finds important because they solve real problems and have a positive impact on people's lives. If you have a question about the podcast or Bitcoin, feel free to visit the episode page at anita.link68, where you will find an audio recorder to record your question. Please hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now and subscribe to my feed and feel free to subscribe to my newsletter too at anita.link forward slash subscribe. And if you're a German speaker or you know other German speakers who want to know more about Bitcoin and start using it, I recently launched my Bitcoin beginners course. You can find it at anita.link forward slash course. That's K-U-R-S. I'm excited about my new sponsor, Shift Crypto and their Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. I've known the team behind the Bitbox O2 for some time now and I feel we share the same values. We both believe in financial independence and that means holding your own keys. We also care about making it easy for everyone to keep their Bitcoin safe. The Bitbox O2 is a Swiss-made hardware wallet. It makes it simple to store and use your coins. I especially like the fact that they have a Bitcoin-only edition and I can use it directly with my phone. Check out the Bitbox O2 at shiftcrypto.ch. That's S-H-I-F-T-C-R-Y-P-T-O dot C-H. You'll get a 10% discount with the code ANITA if you buy a Bitbox O2. Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. On Local Bitcoins, you can buy and sell your Bitcoins in an easy, fast and secure way, always protected by escrow. Unlike stock-like exchanges, Local Bitcoins allows you to trade with people like you, And you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Local Bitcoins also offers a web wallet, so you can trade and deposit and send out your Bitcoins all in one account. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coins is one of the basic rules in Bitcoin. Therefore, I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet, which is what most professional crypto experts use. 
For those who have difficulties with the technical requirements and constant maintenance of hardware wallets, there is the card wallet. The card wallet is a very simple and secure solution for long-term storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. No software updates needed, it's 100% offline and it leaves no traces on the blockchain. You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker, founded in 2014. Order your card wallet at cardwallet.com forward slash Anita and get 20% off. And finally, a shout out to the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network, where you can find other Bitcoin-related podcasts like Citizen Bitcoin, the original Let's Talk Bitcoin show with Andreas M. Antonopoulos, POV Crypto and more. Hello, Elena. Welcome to the show. Hi, Anita. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on the Bitcoin and Co. podcast because at the first, I want to disclose that Local Bitcoins is at the moment a sponsor of my podcast show. Thank you very much for that. And I just want to say this interview, I do this interview exactly the way as I would do it if Local Bitcoins would not sponsor my podcast, just to disclose the fact at the beginning. So, Elena, please tell us a little bit about yourself. You're the Chief Operating Officer at Local Bitcoins. Since when are you doing this and, and what are your tasks? Yes, so that is correct. I'm in charge of the operations in Local Bitcoins. And currently, it is the biggest team we have in the company, a little over 30 people in operations. And to open it up a bit and give you a better understanding, I'll explain how the structure goes and what operations team does. We have three sub-teams under the team. So first is customer support, then we have dispute resolutions. And dispute resolutions is the team that resolves all the conflicts between traders if those happen to be. And this, these people decide who gets the bitcoins out of the escrow. And then one of the biggest teams is investigations team. And under that team, we have currently all the KYC tasks. And well, about me, I started in local Bitcoins in January 2014. And at the time, it was a very small company. I actually started from customer support and my tasks were slowly changing as the company grew. And well, currently I'm doing this mainly in charge of operations. Okay, great. And how did you get into local Bitcoins or into this space? When did you hear about Bitcoin the first time? That's an interesting question because it all happened thanks to local Bitcoins. Let's just say that my relationship with Bitcoin started exactly with my local Bitcoins journey. And to be honest, I did not know much about it before year 2014. That is exactly when I joined the company. And like I mentioned, when I joined the company, it was a very small company. I think we had four to five people. At the time, we had our two founders, one developer and customer support. I think this was a very special group of people because they were extremely passionate about Bitcoin and some might even say obsessed about it. So it took me some time, I would say a few months to deep dive into that whole new world and become enthusiastic about it myself. But I remember that it was a very exciting journey for me because all our lunch conversations or after work uh, topics, they were all about Bitcoin. 
We were picking places to eat where they were accepting Bitcoins, doing groceries with Bitcoins. If someone went to buy lunch or coffee and we had to pay back each other, we were paying back in Bitcoins. If, if there happened to be some new service accepting Bitcoins, everyone went to test it. So I would say that this enthusiasm and passion about Bitcoin has always been somewhat infectious in our company. And until this day, because anyone who joins the company is either Bitcoin enthusiast or becomes one shortly after. And I must say that I'm personally very happy that I became part of local Bitcoins and that's where my Bitcoin journey, so to say, started. The company is located in Helsinki, yeah? Yeah. And is Helsinki now a place where more shops and people accept Bitcoin due to local Bitcoin's work? I would like to think so, because at least we try to uh, be active in that area and participate in different meetups. But I would say that in general, uh, maybe compared to Germany, for example, well, Helsinki is a small city and probably there are not so many uh, restaurants and stores that accept Bitcoins, but we are always pleased to find the ones that do. For example, my local grocery store accepts Bitcoins. Uh, a lot of restaurants in the area where we work accept Bitcoins and there are a lot of TMs, I would say. Yes, possibly we try to spread the word and be more active in uh, in that regard so that people would actually get into the space and get uh, passionate about it as well. But I would say generally Finland has a lot of Bitcoin enthusiasts. So I would say that they would they would find places that accept Bitcoins even without us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but maybe you saw the seed, you know, <laughs> with your enthusiasm. So I've met Jeremias Kangas last year at the Satoshi Friathlon. We did this uh, sports event in Switzerland and he was part of the team. And I just wanted to ask, I think he and his brother founded the company. Yeah, I was, I was just about to comment on the fact that we were all watching the, the triathlon that you were participating. And that's that was very cool and interesting stuff, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun, too. But Jeremias and his brother, they are not in the company anymore. Is that right? Well, they are the board members, so they are uh, obviously participating in all big decision-making processes. Ah, okay. And for you personally... What's the most interesting feature of Bitcoin from its properties? Well, I believe that the most attractive part of Bitcoin for me was and is the fact that I don't have to depend on traditional economy only. And for me, it has a bit of personal reasons because when I just moved to Finland, it took me about two months to open a bank account because I wasn't an EU citizen at the time. And the amount of paperwork and bureaucracy was huge. And this is Finland where we have efficient systems and everything works. I believe it might have been a longer process in some other country. And With Bitcoin, I have an alternative way to make those transactions if if I have a need for it. I, I obviously understand that in developed countries, we do not see the need for Bitcoin as strongly. However, the situation is a lot different in developing countries and Bitcoin is able to provide solutions for people from exactly those countries. The reason why I am personally so driven by the idea of Bitcoin is because it provides financial inclusion. It is solving real world problems for many underbanked people across the globe or maybe people people who have limited access to a modern economy and empowering women who don't have access to this modern economy is another big aspect for me. That's nice uh, that you say that it also empowers women because I think this is a fact that nobody is talking about and I think it's very important actually because very often 
women, how should I say, work very hard, but they don't really own the money then. And with Bitcoin, this could change. That is correct. And there are unfortunately still countries where women don't have free access to, let's say, they, they are not allowed to open bank accounts without permission of, for example, a family member. And Bitcoin is obviously solving that problem. And I'm personally very happy about that. Yeah, me too. Let's take a little look into the history of local Bitcoins. When was local Bitcoins founded? So I, uh, it was founded in 2012, but it started as a hobby. Yeah, if you met uh, Jeremias, then you probably know uh, the story. But I think he got into or he heard or read about Bitcoins in 2010. Then he bought his first Bitcoins later in 2011. And from that moment, he was uh, sort of involved in different Bitcoin related projects. And already in 2012, they were, there were a couple of services which were offering this buy Bitcoins from your local dealer. And I think he was testing those and didn't find them convenient enough and decided that I'm going to just launch my own service. So that's when he actually uh, coded the first version of local Bitcoins and people started to sign up. And later in 2013, when he had to invest the increasingly amount of his own time and money into it, then he actually enabled the escrow model. So this is when he, the company started being profitable. I think our founder wanted to experiment a lot um, since one thing he knew for sure that he doesn't want to go back to the traditional economy. All our growth was organic and we haven't been doing any marketing for many, many years. I think the only marketing that we had was affiliate programs. And did the growth of local Bitcoins, was it mirrored in the global trend? Like in 2017, did local Bitcoins grow at the same time as the uh, transactions grew and stuff? Did you grow in the same waves? Yeah, this 2017 was definitely an uh, interesting year for us because Of course, it was a year which brought lots of more people to Bitcoin and it raised the interest and awareness of Bitcoin globally. We also saw that in our new customer numbers and volumes. And at some point, we even had to close the new registrations since we weren't prepared for such a large amount of daily new users. I, I suppose the situation was pretty similar with other exchanges at the time. Typically, when there is a economical or political uh, turmoil, it increases the demand for Bitcoin. And Unfortunately, during the last few years, there has been quite a lot of turmoil, which on the other hand have been reflecting in Bitcoin demand. However, nothing so far compares to the uh, 2017 boom. And the month since the corona crisis hit us, did you see an uptick? Well, this is, I, I would say that not exactly, because Typically, the demand for Bitcoin increases, like I said, during economical or political uncertainties. And certainly, COVID-19 brought both of those globally. But in the spring 2020, local Bitcoins have returned back to uh, our growth track, measured by new customer numbers and, as well as trade volume. But this is largely due to the fact that well, we were focusing on improving the value we bring for our customers and customer satisfaction. COVID-19 certainly has created some tailwind for Bitcoin and the demand for uh, Bitcoin, but I wouldn't say that we can see it reflecting in our numbers too much. Because I just uh, checked the data from Useful Tulips mm -hmm. and it says that in the last three months, the trading volume in sub-Saharan countries has 
risen very much in West Europe uh, too. But on the other hand, like in Eastern Europe, for instance, it fell interestingly yeah mm, yeah I, I we were at least connecting the changes in our uh, volumes and numbers to do to the fact that we have done we have focused more on our customers and we have been listening to the needs of our customers and changing accordingly much more actively in the last few months than before in which countries do you see the most potential for serving new customers when looking at where most of our new customers are coming nowadays we see india and african countries leading the pack actually and additionally there is increasing demand for bitcoin in latin america and in certain asian countries But India, because of its over 1 billion population alone, is, of course, a well, huge opportunity for us if we manage to address the needs of uh, Indian customers. However, the demand growth in Africa has been amazing and it continues to uh, accelerate. Currently, especially uh, Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana and South Africa are showing huge future potential. And I personally would not be surprised if Africa would be our biggest market already in quite near future. Yeah, I think so too. You're a Bitcoin-only platform. Are you going to stay that way? Well, we're not Bitcoin uh, maximalists. And already now you can buy and sell Bitcoins with uh, numerous altcoins. But the company's initial focus has been on Bitcoins and it still remains one of the most widely used coins. So we have been putting all our focus and efforts to serving Bitcoin users as well as we can. Though, like I said, currently we support altcoins as a payment method to mine sell Bitcoins. It is possible that we might support other coins in the future as well. Hmm, okay. And the founding idea was to facilitate the platform where people from peer to peer can exchange money also in real life. Mm -hmm. Is this still possible or have you changed your policy now since you following KYC rules in many countries? Actually, the cash trades were removed in 2019 due to regulatory reasons. However, the removal didn't have a significant impact on our trade volumes as Cash trades were a very small fraction of the total trades on local Bitcoins. Online trading is in general safer and more convenient for most. And our users actually take advantage of the high liquidity we have around the globe to trade using their own local currencies and like local payment methods. And you mentioned uh, before you have a department that uh, has to do with fraud cases. Is there a trend to see? Is it more? Is it less? Or, or how much fraud do you have to uh, fight? Mm, um, that's, a, that's a good question because the uh, fraud always existed in this space and probably will continue in this way or another. However, we always had, compared to the amount of successful trades on our platform, the fraud rates were very, very low. And with the recent KYC and AML procedures that we had to implement, it actually dropped even more. So uh, now it's <laughs> insignificant, we would say that way. Mm -hmm. Can you please explain for a newbie how buying Bitcoin on local Bitcoins works? I mean, you said something about escrow before. Mm -hmm. If I'm a newbie, I don't know what that is. Can you maybe explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So you come to local Bitcoins to buy or sell Bitcoins. If Normally, if you're a buyer, you don't uh, publish an ad. You just go and uh, browse through the uh, ads filtering the payment method that you would like to use, the currency that you would like to use, and possibly the, the, the country and the amount you want to buy. Uh, once you fill in that small form, you, you 
press search and then you see the all the offers that there are with the criteria that you searched for. Then you just look through the ad terms if it's suitable for you. You press buy and that's how the trade starts. The moment you press buy, the bitcoins from the seller's wallet go to the escrow. So this is the safe place where local bitcoins keeps the bitcoins until the trade is over. Then you make the payment according to the payment information provided by the seller and the payment method. Most of them are uh, pretty fast. Some of them are instant. So once the payment has been made, buyer marks the payment as completed. And then it's up to seller. So seller needs to make sure that the payment has been received. If the payment has been received, all the seller has to do is to press release the bitcoins from the escrow. And bitcoins go from the escrow directly to the buyer's wallet. And to explain a bit more, of course, there can be situations when the payment is delayed or the payment, let's say, has not been made or there are some issues between the traders that, that they cannot figure out by themselves. That is when our team can provide all the help because parties can uh, start a dispute. And once they start a dispute, then local Bitcoin's uh, uh, team comes to uh, check the trade, analyze the evidence and kind of provide directions on what has to be done in order to resolve the dispute and for the buyer or seller to receive the uh, Bitcoins back. So that's in short how mm -hmm. it all works. Yeah, okay. So as a buyer, I'm safe in a way um, because the seller, either he or she has to release the money or I can ask local Bitcoins to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Well, I, I think that uh, both as a buyer and as a seller, you are safe. The only uh, situation where one might be not safe if, let's say, a uh, buyer did not make the payment or send some fraudulent uh, payment and for some reason local Bitcoins members weren't able to see it. However, this is, well, close to impossible scenario because if, let's say, we haven't noticed that there is some fraud attempt from buyer's side and we, we find it out afterwards because both parties can contact us after the dispute has been resolved, then, of course, uh, we will look through the, through the dispute once again and take all the decisions uh, or revert back the decisions if, if there is a need. Uh, however, those are, once again, very niche cases because we currently have about... Uh, 40,000 successful trades per day and less than 700 disputes. So okay. it's a very mm -hmm. small amount. And most of the dispute, disputes actually uh, get resolved by themselves without even admin looking at it because uh, usually people start the dispute by being impatient. Let's say I didn't receive the payment within 10 minutes, uh, I will start a dispute. And by the moment our admins start looking at it, it, it is all released. So the real number is even less. And the Bitcoin you release, I guess you have them by yourself in a pool or how does this work? Because otherwise I would have to wait at least 10 minutes until uh, the next block. Yeah, so we keep them on the local Bitcoin side so they don't go through the uh, blockchain. It's like an internal transaction that local Bitcoin sends the Bitcoins directly to the buyer from the escrow. So from the seller's wallet, we take it to local Bitcoins, so to say wallet. And then from there, we release it to the buyer and this is uh, immediate. So mm -hmm. no one has to wait for the blocks. The only time mm -hmm. when someone needs to wait for the transaction is, let's say, if you're um, depositing from outside to local Bitcoins or sending it out from local Bitcoins to outside. Mm -hmm. Understand. And speaking of immediate uh, transactions or settlement, 
Do you plan to integrate Lightning in a way? Well, I think there were a lot of discussions about it and anything that could make, let's say, Bitcoin transactions faster and uh, cheaper. We we love that idea. But at this point, I don't uh, really have much more information. This is more up to our technical team and a bit more uh, discussion that is out of my scope. But uh, I know that this has been discussed and will probably be discussed uh, further and maybe at some point we will. But I, I, at this point, I wouldn't be able to give any exact answer to that. Uh, a lot of my listeners come from the US and from Germany. And I think local Bitcoins is not serving customers there. Is that true? Actually, that is not true. Germany's restrictions were lifted months ago. The US, I think we, users from US can come to local Bitcoins and trade freely. The only thing is that we disallowed in our terms of service using our service from Washington State and New York. But that is currently the uh, only restriction. And well, we are a Finnish company and follow Finnish uh, regulation primarily. As a service provider, we're also working to follow the regulations from other countries where we have significant markets. So, but currently with the Germany and US, there, there are no such restrictions. Oh, okay. Then I misread that or misinterpreted it maybe. Yeah. You are correct that Germany was restricted, I think, for uh, quite some time. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I think the situation, the regulatory side was not very clear in the last years. That's also a reason why in Germany there are not very many or only five Bitcoin ATMs maybe. Mm. So I think you're one of the biggest peer-to-peer -peer exchanges uh, in the world. Then we have some new competitors, when I can say this in that way, without having KYC and uh, regulatory forms to fill in like Hotel Hotel, for instance, do you think are those a competitor for you or not? Well, uh, once again, since Local Bitcoins is a Finnish company, I operate in under Finnish uh, legislation and Finland was one of the pioneers to implement five. We, we wanted to run a legitimate business, so we made a choice to be compliant. We also see that the regulation is slowly coming to all the countries, so we really saw no reason to postpone the process since this is going to concern all the exchanges at some point sooner or, or later. And one of the actual, well, very good sides out of this was the fact that we got rid of a lot of illicit activities on our platform, which actually strengthen our uh, brand and reputation and people have a, uh, a lot more trust in our platform, which we're certainly very happy about. So, yeah, there are, of course, many different kinds of competitors, be, be it peer-to-peer -peer exchanges or centralized exchanges. But we in local Bitcoins believe that instead of focusing on our competitors, we should have full focus on improving the value we provide for our customers and uh, help them to solve the problems they might have. And when we succeed with our customers, everything else will follow. Yeah, sure. So, and in 2019, I think you had quite a good year. Yes, I think just recently the uh, results from 2019 were, were posted and I think we made an annual revenue of 26.2 uh, million, which was an increase of 10% from 2018. In euros? Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So also your team has grown, I think, in the last year. That is correct. We actually doubled the amount of people in the team and undergone major uh, restructuring after September 2019 because uh, actually investigations team had to become uh, a lot bigger because all the KYC tasks went under the uh, investigations team. So this is the team that we had to form the KYC sub team and hire uh, a lot of people to be able to deal with the workload. But uh, that is absolutely correct that we have doubled in size and we continue growing. And what are you expecting for Bitcoin and also the trading volumes on local Bitcoins in the coming years? Do you think another boom is close? Mm. Well, we're obviously big believers of Bitcoin and booms and busts are, of course, integral part of almost any market in the world, be it stocks, commodities or cryptocurrencies. And uh, I'm sure that during the coming years and decades, we will see several booms and busts in Bitcoin. However, what is important and what we believe is that the Bitcoin usage and adoption will continue to increase till unforeseeable future. And uh, there are many reasons for that. Uh, adoption feeds even faster adoption, especially the younger people are unfortunately losing trust for the traditional financial systems and looking for uh, alternative systems. Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And even more, the numbers in Africa um, show that people, I mean, I think the, the average age in Africa is 25 years or something. So people are very, very young. Mm -hmm. They don't have work there. So they want to work with computers and over the internet. And also, I think a peer-to-peer -peer platform mm -hmm. like yours is perfectly uh, fitted in, uh, in African nations because I think they are used to do this peer-to-peer transaction. Yeah, you, you probably know a lot about those uh, regions since I know that you travel there a lot. And this is the regions that we want to explore more because we see a lot of potential and we see that the, actually those countries will need the service that we are providing the most. So they, it will help them in their day-to-day -day lives, that this will provide them a better quality of life. And this is exactly the reason why we want to be in those countries and we want to expand more in those regions. And hopefully we will be able to in, in hmm. a few years. I mean, it's very difficult. I was in Zimbabwe in February this year, and I, you also sponsored that. Thanks, yeah. And uh, what I saw there was that really people... In Zimbabwe, there is no official Bitcoin exchange. So people know about local Bitcoins. And then most of them organize themselves in local WhatsApp groups or Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And so they facilitate the, the exchanges not only over local Bitcoins or with the help of local Bitcoins, but they also like trust each other in these groups, which I think fascinating because it's actually, I think, the ori original idea behind uh, Bitcoin. So they pretty much set up their own small exchanges built on complete trust. Yeah, exactly. So when they have found partners, uh, they then meet up in person and exchange money. I think that happens actually quite often. We notice this kind of trend. A lot of traders who have done multiple trades with each other, they might want to actually continue trading in someplace else. But the most important part, of course, is the trust, because with uh, our service, we are we can guarantee that if there is any problem, we will help figure it out and resolve whatever situation comes out. But obviously, if, if it happens outside of our service or any other service, then, well, it's the responsibility is on the individuals only. Yeah, quite interesting. Thank you. Anything you want to add? 
Well, I suppose that I will once again mention that we do believe that the future is increasingly peer-to-peer. And as the environment is changing, we will be listening to the needs of our community. Uh, We will be adopting accordingly. And we once again want to be in those countries and those serve those customers who need us most. And this is what we will be focusing in the next years. Mm -hmm. Can you maybe, I mean, I know the answer, I think, but (laughs) maybe my listeners don't. Why is peer-to-peer exchanging Bitcoin in a way better and more secure than using an exchange? Well, I, it's it's hard to answer the question, what is uh, better and safer? I would just say that peer-to-peer is not necessarily the competitor of centralized because there are different use cases and we serve different areas. We are mostly serving the users who are not, not served by centralized exchanges. So in a way, I, I wouldn't like to think of uh, centralized exchanges as competitors. I would like to think about the overall picture that more companies in this industry are just bringing more people into the Bitcoin ecosystem. And mm-hmm. we'll be just happy about that. My goal was to to say something like, yeah, because that's my interpretation, you know, when you do peer-to-peer exchange, then you need your own wallet with your own keys and uh, then you have the private keys to your wallet. On an exchange, you leave your money there and you never know. So it's basically a bank, but you are a medium of exchange, like a, a, a payment railway, an exchange railway. That's the difference for me. Mm, well, yes, obviously with the centralized exchanges, it works a little bit uh, different. The risks are different. But I, I guess the, the most important thing is to, at least from our side, to make sure that we educate our users and to make sure that they understand uh, in which cases, which exchanges are better to use. So they uh, find something that is suitable for them. For example, in the case of local Bitcoins, we always advise users uh, keep the amount of Bitcoins in the wallet that they are going to be able to or they are uh, willing to trade or use and not use local bitcoins as a wallet service where they just hodl. So Mm -hmm. it all comes down to educating our users and explaining what are the use cases for each uh, scenario so they will be able to choose whatever works best for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Okay, Elena, thank you very much for that. Where can people follow you or local Bitcoins? Well, I think we are mostly active on local Bitcoins on Twitter. So just local Bitcoins, also local Bitcoins on LinkedIn and our website, localbitcoins.com. This is where you can follow our work. Great. Elena, thank you very much for your time and have a good day. Thank you, Anita, for having me. It was a pleasure. That's it for today. If you like my show, please share it with your friends and hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now. Thanks to my sponsors who make it possible that I can produce the show. Localbitcoins.com, Shift Crypto with the Bitbox O2 and Coinfinity with their card wallet. Music. Start with yes, delicate beats. Idea, content and production. Yours truly, Anita Posh. 